0: Here today, I'm glad to be back with you after a few weeks off, getting a little bit of rest and some relaxation. It's been, uh, it's been good, it's been very good. And uh, but I, I missed you, I missed you. And so, uh, we, we you. well, thank you, bud. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, good crowd here today with everything happening, and it's raining outside. It's good. you guys got up early and and uh, and got to church. It's awesome. It's awesome. You know, I've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks just kind of kind of taking it easy. Thanks, man. Uh, relaxing and, and uh, just trying to wrap my head around some R&R and, and how we want to go forward from, from uh, through the summer and into the fall. And uh, I've got an opp- had an opportunity to watch a lot of TV. I don't, I don't always watch TV during the day, but every now and then when I'm around the house, I can watch something. I watch a lot of cooking shows. Anybody ever watch the Food Channel and stuff like that? You know, and, and I got to a point one day this, this past week when I was watching it, didn't have anything else going on. I said, I'll watch a little bit, see what's going on. And, and it just hit me at one point this week that you never see any of those people when they cook their dish, they take their fork or their spoon or whatever and they taste it. And the, every time, 100% of the time they go, mmm, that is so good. And it dawned on me that just once, just one time, I would like for someone to put their spoon or their fork into the dish that they just prepared, put it in their mouth and go, Ugh. that's not good. Because that's how my cooking comes out sometimes. I don't get it right 100% of the time. Do you? I mean, I mean are you that good that you could do one of those shows? I'm not there. I'm not there. Hey, uh, we celebrated the 4th of July yesterday. God bless the United States of America. Um, yes, uh, I know we got a lot of issues and a lot of things going on, but I just tell you, we're still the best thing going. And, um, That's why everybody wants to move here and live here. I want to thank Pastor Tommy and Pastor Jeff, Pastor Luke, did a great job filling in on the pulpit over the last few weeks and uh, just uh, appreciate them and their ministry so much here among us. It's good to have such depth and a staff and that they can all bring it in their own different personalities and stuff. Um, I know there's a lot of speculation about going forward. You know, where do we go? You know, cases are rising, you know, all this kind of stuff and um you know we're we 're just watching it day, week at a time, day to day by day, just kind of tracking it, seeing what 's happening, seeing what it looks like uh, we 're going to keep doing what we 're doing um, until we can 't do it anymore, okay uh, until unless we 're told otherwise uh, there 's a lot of a lot of things floating around out there are we going to are they going to require us to wear masks you know when we 're out in public or in larger groups i don 't know what they 're going to do we will cross that bridge when we get there. We have options we can. Wear a mask or we can go back 100% online like we did for uh, about three months. We can do that. we got a lot of things that we can do. Uh, Just know that we're paying attention to it. We don't want to be flying in the face of wisdom or anything like that. And so just be praying with us that we make the right calls as we move forward. It's just kind of a week-to-week thing. We'll let you know as we move forward. And then the last thing is if you are uh, going to Israel with us next year and you haven't paid your deposit, you need to get that in this week. The trip is almost full, and uh, we need to get those deposits in and get that taken care of. And so uh, that being the last of my, of my public service announcements that I need to do this morning. All right, let's talk today. I want to I talk about the message that I had prepared a few weeks ago, and I've kind of gone back and, and reworked it a little bit. Um, I was going to talk to you on the subject of birth pains. And, uh, and so I want to do that today. I want to talk to you about how uh, all the, 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 the COVID stuff, how does all the racial unrest, all of the things that are happening in our country and in our world, how does that fit into the Bible? Now, what, what I'm not doing today, I'm not going to tell you, uh, you know, that, that the rapture is going to take place tomorrow or next week or anything like that. I'm not even going to talk about, you know, is the rapture going to happen before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation? Because I don't really think that the Bible wants us to get bogged down in that kind of stuff. I, I, I want to be pre-trip. <laughs> okay? I want to be pre-trip, so I kind of tend to bend toward that that, that teaching that, hey, it's all going to happen before. Because, but it could be wishful thinking. I mean, it could be wishful thinking. I, you, you, I'm not going to die on the hill of pre, mid, or post. Okay? I'm just going to tell you that. You know, our, our faith, our fellowship, we do, we do teach pre-tribulation, and I want, to, I want it to happen that way. I really do. Uh, but it may not. I don't know. I don't know. Here, here's what I think we all should be, and this is kind of the, the, the stance that I've taken for the last 25 or 30 years. I want to be pan-trib, that it's all going to pan out when it's over. We'll, we'll know, okay? It's all going to pan out. But we do need to be like the Old Testament called, like the men of Issachar, understanding the times understanding the times. There's been a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of things taught, a lot of things said in pulpits all over the country and around the world during this, during this pandemic, that this is God's judgment, that this is this, or this is that. And you know, we had Hurricane Katrina a number of years ago and, and it hit New Orleans and everybody was up in arms. Oh, this is God's judgment on the city of New Orleans for this its horrible sin and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just, you know, no, that's, that's not, that's not what it is. And I think that um, my hope today in about 15 or 20 minutes, I can kind of bring some clarity uh, to this and and hopefully help you kind of tie a bow around it and understand what's really going on biblically. Um, How does COVID-19, how does the racial unrest, how does all of the stuff that's happening in our world and our society um, fit into the Bible? Does it fit into the Bible? Back in the early stages of this, when we were online exclusively, I taught out of Romans 8 one Sunday morning, uh, the passage that we always quote, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And, and I came at it from a different perspective. We always, we always quote that when horrible things happen to people, and we want people to quote that and go, God's going to turn this around for your good. And most of the time, what we mean is God's going to take a very, very bad situation and make it good. And that's not what that means. What that means is that God is going to take the bad situations of our life and the good situations of our life because what it really says in its original translation is in all things God is working. In all things God is working. And he's going to bring about our good but the good is not taking a bad situation and making it better. The good is that he's going to take the situations of our life both good and bad and conform us first into the image of his son and second to prepare us for future glorification, which which is going to happen when we go to heaven. We're going to get a new body and all that's going to take place when we die or when and if the rapture takes place and all this kind of stuff. But there's a passage in Romans 8, and the passage that I just talked to you about is the culmination of this section of of Romans 8, and it says this. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. This was written almost 2,000 years ago. But here's the thing, all through scripture, Luke, Matthew, all the gospels, a lot of other places in the Old Testament and New, talk about what's going to happen as we get closer to the return of Christ. Matthew 24, if you're following along in your new version or in your Bibles today, you can, you can follow along when we're going to look at verse 3 down through verse 8. Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when will all this happen? Now Jesus has just talked to them about all of the stuff that's happening around them and what's gonna happen in the future. So he's talking to them about this and they're curious as to tell us, when is all this gonna happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? And Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. You will hear wars and threats of wars, but don't panic, underline that in your Bible and your notebook, everybody say it with me, don't panic, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go go to to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first part of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you're my followers, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. The title of this message today is just simply birth pains. Now, a birth pain, for those of you who have gone through that, uh, you ladies, uh, have gone through that, you know that at some point when you're getting close to delivery, that the contractions start and the pain gets, and the closer you get to delivery, they intensify and they come closer together and closer together. I remember when Kristen was born, you know, uh, Kim woke me up that morning. It was about three thirty 4 o'clock in the morning. She said, we need to go to the hospital. And I'm going, okay. And she said, no, she said, we're in the five minute mark and not in between. So we got to go. So we went to the hospital and, and later on that day, Kristen was born and all this kind of stuff. But I watched as our daughter was born, as those contractions came closer and closer and to, to the point in time when, when delivery actually was taking place. The Bible uses over and over, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, birth pains as an as explanation of how the events of the world are going to take place. Birth pains in the world, birth pains in a woman, they begin. There's a distance between them, and as we get closer to the delivery, they get shorter and more intense. All right, In my own lifetime and I'm a very young 58. Very young 58, Wanda. Munn. Very young 58. I used to kid Wanda about thought I was going when we started singing ancient of days back in that I was going to put her picture up on the on the screen. But, so, I didn't do that though. But here's the thing. In my lifetime, there's been catastrophic events that have taken place. In my lifetime, the Vietnam War escalated. In my lifetime, President Kennedy and, Senator, and, and Robert Kennedy were killed. Martin Luther King, all of these other things. And I can go through all of these lists. Roe v. Wade, all of this stuff has happened in my lifetime. But it seems as I've gotten older that the, that the, the, um, the occurrences of these catastrophic events are getting. There's a shorter window between them. You know, used to, we would have an event and it might be a few years before we'd have another event, but they get closer and they get closer and closer as in the birth pains. Birth pain, the definition is one of the regularly recurrent pains that are characteristics of childbirth, usually used in plural. The Bible talks about birth pains and many times it's used pain, P-A-N-G. And I looked up, I was trying to figure out why does it say birth pains in some places and birth pains in other places. And birth pain, P-A-N-G, is disorder and distress incident, especially to a major social change? It's very interesting. Very interesting to me. So what Jesus is, the, the disciples come to Jesus and they go, what shall these signs be? What is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And he gives them six signs. The first thing he says is there's going to be false Christs that are going to come and deceive many people. Well, you know what? We're seeing that type of things happen with more regularity than ever before. And In my lifetime, Jim Jones, David Koresh, there's a new guy down in South Florida, been down there for five or six years. He calls himself Jesus Christ, and he's got a huge congregation. He believes himself to be the Messiah, and people are flocking to hear this guy. The second sign was wars and rumors of wars. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We are still in a war that's been going on for 18 years. Wars are happening all over the world, constantly happening. But nation against nation is not physical nation against physical nation. The word for nation in this passage is ethnos, where we get the word ethnicity. It's, it's race against race. Do we see anything like that happening in our own society today and around the world? Yes, we do. But that doesn't mean because the Bible says this is going to happen that we just sit back and well, God said it was going to happen so we don't worry about this. No, we still fight for social justice. We still fight... For everybody to be equal under the law and equal under God. Everybody, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your social standing, we're all equal under God. And we've got to fight for that justice to to become what it is. What it is supposed to be biblically. But you need to understand this morning that this stuff did not catch God off guard. It's a part of what is going to happen as we get closer to the return of Christ. Then he says... There's calamities. In other words, what calamity? Famines, earthquake, pestilence. The word for pestilence is defined as a contagion or infectious epidemic. Uh, maybe it's kind of what we're dealing with. This, this virulent and devastating. I think, depending on, and I'm not say depending. On, regardless of where you stand politically with all this stuff that's going on with COVID, the closer it gets to your household, the more real it becomes. The closer it gets to your household, Kim's sister-in-law lost her first cousin last weekend to it. It's a real thing. Setting the politics of it aside, it's a real thing. And it's, and it's, it's taking, the world is, is struggling in the, pain, in, the, in the throes of this pandemic. It's a pretty good description of what's going on right now. Jesus said these things would happen. Tribulation for believers. Arrest, persecution, and death, martyrdom, if, if, it, if it continues the way it's going in this country. Look, right now, we don't have to deal with this very much. A lot of people are going, oh, well, they, they won't let people sing in California church. That's not what it said. I read the governor's briefing out of California, and he said it is recommended that if you come to church, you wear a mask, and that you don't sing. It's not a law, but yet if we jump to the extremes, And I'm not denying the fact that civil liberties are in the balance and they will continue to be in the balance. And sooner or later, we're not going to have any of them in this country. I believe in my lifetime, there'll be a point in time when we could be arrested for praying over our meal in a restaurant. I believe that's going to happen. It's happening other places in the world right now, but in America, we've been shielded from this for so many years because because of the way we were founded. But the truth of the matter is that these things are going to be whittled away as we get further. And there's going to be arrest, There's going to be persecution. There's going to be death. And I'm not talking, well, I've been persecuted because I was, I was protesting in an abortion clinic and they arrested me. Look, that's not, that's not persecution. Okay. Persecution means that you, for the sake of your testimony and your love of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you, that you get persecuted for that. Not for, because you trespassed on somebody's property under the guise of, of protest and you were arrested. That's not persecution that's kind of like you're breaking the law. Okay? So let's get things straight this morning and get it in our heads so that we can understand and we can be like the men of Issachar, understanding the times. The fifth thing that Jesus said was that many are going to turn away from God. What's happening today? And I'm not talking about those that, that didn't come back to church. Look, you, you have to be in your own skin. You have to be comfortable in your own skin. We encourage you. If you can't, if you don't feel comfortable coming into large groups, stay home. Watch online. I bless you in Jesus' name for doing that. That's not what I'm talking about. But how many people do you know personally that were once on fire for God, but that first love has grown cold and even, even to a point of lukewarmness and they're walking away and straying from their faith and Jesus doesn't even make their radar screen anymore? I read an article just a few weeks ago about one of the, one of the major Christian, uh, uh, contemporary Christian music groups. The lead singer came out and said, "I no longer believe in God." Well, the Bible Jesus talked about this 2,000 years ago. This is what's going to happen. People are going to turn away from God. And then the sixth one is the good news. That is worldwide proclamation of the gospel. This is happening today like never before. People are going into the foreign lands. They're going into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, and they're preaching the gospel. Television is hitting the four corners, every, every nook and cranny of our, of our globe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's happening. These events that we're seeing are increasing in scope, they're increasing in intensity and in frequency just as labor pains come upon a woman who is pregnant with child and getting close to delivery. The birth pains that we're seeing though, they're not without purpose. They're not without purpose. We've got to remember that they are signs that Jesus is coming back soon. That soon Jesus is going to return. We have very little time to work with. It should be no surprise to any believer that the upheaval in the world is only going to increase in the last days. We continue to see these events increase in frequency. We're going to see the severity going forward now just as the birth pains progress. We don't know when the rapture of the church is going to take place, but we know that it will take place. We know that it is going to happen. It's imminent. It's imminent. Someone asked me recently, they said, well, when, do you think there's anything that's still out there that hasn't been fulfilled for the second, for the, for the rapture of the church and return of Christ? No, there's nothing. Everything, every prophecy in scripture has been fulfilled. The only thing that we are waiting on is for the father to go, son, go get the kids. That's the only thing that we're waiting on. Every biblical prophecy that is pointing to the end time and pointing to the return of Christ has been fulfilled. And the only thing that is left is for the Father, who, by the way, is the only one that knows it. Some of you that have lived long enough and were born in those days, you remember in 1988, a guy came out with a book that said, 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. 88 came and went. He sold a half a million copies of that book. Now, why would a born-again, discipled Christian who understands the Bible and reads the Bible buy a book that said 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come back in 1988? The very fact that he said it will tell you what? He's not coming back in 1988. Because nobody knows. Jesus doesn't even know. The only person that knows when that time is going to come is the Father. He turned right around when it didn't happen in 88. He wrote... Oh, it's going to happen in, nine, in 89. Sold another few hundred thousand copies. It's no wonder why, the, why God put in his word that we're sheep. Meh. You know, we just, we just follow. 88, meh, meh. 99, meh, meh. Mm. Everybody say this with me meh. There we go. There we go. One look at the condition of the world right now makes it evident. Birth pains are increasing. They're getting closer together, and they're becoming more and more severe, more and more severe. What do we do with this information? So what do we do? We're in the 21st century we're in an election year, again what do we do with this information? Jesus said, in the middle of that chapter in Matthew 24, he said, "Do not panic. Do not panic. Recognize it for what it is. Every time somehow, oh what are we gonna? we're going to we're going to redeem the time. We're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to keep living right. We're going to keep telling people about Jesus. because Jesus said this stuff was going to happen, and they're going to happen more and more frequently. And they're going to be more intense as we get closer to the return of Christ. Don't panic. I was listening a few weeks ago to a a podcast by three uh, African-American pastors. And um, they were at the Rock Church in Huntsville, Alabama, where Rusty Nelson, Pastor Nelson is the pastor. And and Bishop Kyle Searsie out of Montgomery, Alabama, he just said some things about everything that's going on that just resonated. I've listened to it four or five times. Because he he just speaks wisdom of God. And, and here's he said, he said, there's four things that we got to look at. He said, we got to do this. He said, we can't be deceived. We can't be deceived. In other words, don't buy the book, 88 Reasons Why He's Coming Back in 88. If someone comes out and says, you know, 21 Reasons Why He's Coming Back in 21, don't buy the book. Don't be deceived. Someone comes preaching some other gospel than Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the dead. Don't believe in that. Someone comes back saying, I'm Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ has already come in human form one time. The next time he comes, he's going to split the eastern sky and he's going to take us to him. He's not coming back to us. He's going to come and get us and take us with him. Okay. So anytime somebody comes and says, I'm the Messiah, don't be deceived in that stuff. Don't be alarmed. Stay calm. Stay calm. Well, if they tell me i got to wear a mask. I'm, bless God, I'm not going to wear a mask. Just wear a cotton-picking mask. Just put it on. But most people around here are not telling you to do that yet. It may happen. But stay calm. Relax. Number three, don't be offended. Don't be offended with God. Why don't he come back? He's going to come back. Maybe he's waiting until your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife or one of your closest friends comes to faith before he comes back because he doesn't want them to be left. Don't be offended at God when bad things happen. God didn't do the bad thing. It's the birth pains of a world, of a globe that's groaning to be delivered. And then don't be offended with each other don't be offended with each other. People look at you weird if you don't have a mask on. People look at you weird if you do have a mask on. You know, be nice. You know, Akuna matata. <laughs> Number four, guard your heart against growing cold. This is, this is not a time to pull back. This is not a time to step back from the things of God. This is a time to rush into God, to run into God, to get close to God, to get as close to God as you possibly can. It is a time to press into God and get to know Him in a deeper way. Get to know Him. Lean into Him. Guard your heart against growing cold. As we do this, we understand He's promised us He's going to give us beauty for ashes. He's going to give us beauty for ashes. And then I added this last piece myself. Be ready. Be ready. When Jesus is talking about this in Matthew 24, the word, and in Luke 12, Luke 21, Luke 17, Matthew 25, all of these passages, there's one word that keeps popping up in the group, it's called parousia. It means the arrival of Jesus. The arrival of Jesus. The entire chapter of chapter 25 of Matthew centers around one theme. Get ready, be ready, stay ready. He talks about two working in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two people sleeping in, in a bed, one will be taken, the other will be left. You don't want to be the person that's left in the field and left in the bed. You don't want to be left behind. So what, what is the biblical mandate that we have, and that is get ready, be ready, and stay ready. Lift up your eyes and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Press into Jesus. Live as there is if there is no tomorrow. Let people know that Jesus is coming soon. Live with the anticipation in your heart that Jesus Christ is going to come back very soon. Philippians 4, 8, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, with requests being made known to God, and the peace of God, get this, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus. The only real certainty in this world today is the love of Jesus. That's it. The only real certainty is the love of Jesus. And you can run to Him every moment of every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. The certainty of the love of Christ is what we hold fast to. Amen? Amen. Let's stand all over the room this morning. Those of you that are listening online today, I encourage you to receive into your heart and into your spirit the love of Jesus. Let your life be one that is lived in anticipation of the soon return. There's nothing, there's nothing standing between you and I and heaven except the Father saying to Jesus, go and get my children. Go get them. It's time to bring them home. And we anxiously await those times. So get ready. Be ready. Stay ready. Jesus is coming soon. Would you bow your heads with me?